Hello and welcome to the Power of I podcast, or welcome back if you've just uh, finished watching our first episode that we published last week. My name is David. I am, of course, joined by uh, Christopher Smith, who will be with me pretty much every single week, we hope. Chris, how are you doing today? Good, good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. The uh, The rain has been and gone. Uh, it's been pretty crazy the last couple the last couple of days. We had some cr- like amazing lightning and thunder. One thing that I did not experience in the UK that um, threw me off when I moved out to the US was just how loud <laughs> the uh, the thunderstorms can get and how intense. Um, yes. And I know that they aren't even that bad here in Georgia, but um, they're they're much worse than pretty much every single storm I experienced in the UK. So uh, that's every crazy. Time, yeah. yeah, every time they come uh, and like you get a clap and it shakes the house, it terrifies yeah. me a little bit. <laughs> that's crazy. I never would have known that you guys didn't have storms as bad as we do. No, I mean, we get, you know, obviously we get storms and bad weather and everything, and it's raining like 75% of the time in England, but um, right. the the actual storms, if they're bad, they're not normally anywhere near as bad as like the medium ones that we get out here, just in Georgia. So uh, it's always um, it's always interesting whenever that sort of thing happens to me, because I'm always in awe, and Emily's like, what? It's just a, it's just a storm. <laughs> right. But yeah, other than that, it's been a good week. We've just been, um, you know, like, like I said, we published our first episode um, on Wednesday that went live for the first time. We had a little bit of a trailer that went live on uh, the Tuesday beforehand. Um, people have been enjoying it. We've had good receptions to it so far. Um, last week, we spoke about exactly what PowerVite is and what that means and uh, how the strategy, the PowerVite strategy that um, all contractor marketing offers can benefit the customers and how they can take, you know, take that and use it and then hopefully learn and then go onwards on their own and really improve their market share, improve the way they deal with customers and everything that comes with that. Um, But this week, what we're uh, we're hoping to discuss is going to be serviced software. Uh, Service software is, um, why don't you tell everybody a little bit exactly about what service software is, Chris, and how it can be used um, to benefit you and a company? Sure. So what service software is, is it it helps you automate a lot of the things that uh, normally you would do in-house. And surprisingly, we still encounter a lot of uh, home service providers that don't do anything digital at all. So they're still on paper invoices. Uh, They're still like mailing the customer an invoice after the job and getting a a check mailed back. Uh, they're, They're really still in the stone ages. So what a service software does is it automates a lot of that. And really the primary benefit for the contractor is that it gives your customer an easy way to communicate with your business. So um, if you think of it in relation to the customer journey, having an omni-channel communication solution, which means they can text, they can email, they can call, they can discuss through Facebook, they can, um, wherever they are, they can reach out and touch you and schedule an appointment any time of day. Um, that's, the, that's what future customers are looking for. As a matter of fact, it's so important that um, recent testing we've done has found that if you don't have an online booking solution where a customer can just book an appointment on your website 24-7, then you're losing about half of your leads. Because Really? um, Yeah, tests we've run when when we fully enable the online booking option, we'll see a big jump in leads and those come in outside of normal office hours. Surprisingly, a lot in the wee morning hours, like 2, 3, 4 a.m. It's really? Yeah, it's crazy. Who's booking? I mean, maybe like, 
I, I don't know. I wonder why that is. I wonder if it's because of, you know, um, things failing in the middle of the night or um, what do you think? Is, is there any explanation for that or is it just a, one of those random occurrences? I think it's just all of the above. I think that um, people are waking up in the middle of the night, air conditioning, or heating, not working or the mm-hmm. toilets clogged or, or the lights, you know, burned out in their bedroom, whatever happens. Right. And then they go on their phone and they're looking for a solution. And I think it's also because people are just so busy today. I mean, it's, if you look at, we're really a microwave society where people, life is moving at the speed of light. And so <laughs> sure. just to take the time to book an appointment for a company to come to your house at two or three o'clock in the morning, maybe the only time they have available, you know, the right. kids are asleep, they're not at work They're you know, they can go in and get the appointment booked online. Yeah. It just allows them an easier way to book the appointment and it to fit in their schedule much easier. That reminds me of that, um, that scene. I'm sure you've seen it in the Shawshank uh, Redemption when, um, you've seen that movie? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Movie. Okay. Uh, you know, do you know, do you remember the, uh, the character, um, oh, I've forgotten what his name is now. Um, but he's the, the, the older gentleman in the movie, um, who, uh, has that pet Raven. Yeah. And he, uh, he gets out eventually he gets out. I, I'm, I have no problem spoiling this movie because it's, <laughs> if you haven't seen it by it's now, like 20 that's years old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he gets out and you know, it's really tragic. He ends up killing himself. Um, but he has this whole monologue where he's, t- he's come out and, you know, he's been in jail for like 50 years or something. And he says that, you know, before he went in. There was one car that he that he had seen. He had seen an automobile one time that he knew someone who had one. And then he came out and now everyone has one and everyone's running around so fast and everything's, you know, there's noises everywhere and everything's moving at that, the speed of sound. Um, right. And I, I, it, I always find that just so fascinating because obviously I, I was born in 95. Um, so I've kind of grown up with the sort of like the technological revolution kind of happened as I was, you know, kind of. My, as my brain was developing. So it's something I've always right. relatively known. Um, but I do find it interesting that you say that, you know, there are there are still a lot of companies. And I know this um, from, from firsthand of, you know, um, reaching out to these companies who don't necessarily even have a website. Um, and uh, there are still a lot of companies that, that do not utilize um, the infrastructure that exists today, whether that's the internet, whether that's, you know, going a little bit further, like you say, and having um, scheduling software and all that kind of stuff. But um, do, do you have any sort of a take on why that might be? Why some people are still kind of, you know, holding on to the, the old ways, so to speak? I think it's just a matter of, so uh, when I started, I worked for a very large heating and air conditioning company in Atlanta. We had two-way radios in the van. So uh, we, I would actually, you know, we had codes, like 10 codes. So I'd be like, I'm 10-8, which means I'm on the scene, you know, out, in, okay. out handling the customer and then I would let them know when I was 15 minutes close to finishing up and then they would dispatch my next call and it would come through on a pager a little digital beeper I don't know if you're familiar with those and I would I've, I've only ever seen them in like uh um like hospital uh like sitcoms and all that kind of stuff you know where like someone's getting paged things like that yeah. but I've never actually used one or seen one in the flash <laughs> yeah so you would scroll down the, the pager had a display and it would tell you the customer's name the address the problem while you were going if they were a service agreement customer and so what, what you have is generally the, the people that own the home service companies today are usually the second or third generation of the people that owned them then so what you find is uh if it 
if it works, if it's not broke, don't try to fix it. So mm-hmm. basically, um, you'll come in and you also have a lot, there's a lot of myths out there. So we'll have customers tell us, well, you know, my customer base is older. They're all, you know, 50 plus, they don't use the internet and nothing can be further from the truth. I mean, the, the, right, right now the baby boomer generation has just wildly adopted technology. They're really? on Facebook. Yes. They're on Facebook. They're using the, their phones, their tablets, their laptops, their, you know, TikTok, Facebook, looking up researching companies. They're all utilizing online resources. And it's because that's where everything has gone. Right. right. So, so you got to think about, um, think about the average homeowner today and how they'll interact with their phone on a daily basis. So at our house, we get up in the morning we may, you know, get the news. We read it on our phone. We may, mm-hmm. um, you know, check the weather. We're doing that on our phone. Uh, sometimes there's no food in the house. We've got to order lunch. Now we Uber lunch. Somebody brings yep. us lunch. You know what I mean? Through your cell mm-hmm. phone. And so uh, we just utilize that piece of technology. It's like our gateway to the world. And so because of that, when someone's looking for, a home service provider, they're going to be using their mobile phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why it's so important to have a mobile first website so that the website loads fast and it's designed to work on a, a mobile device mm-hmm. because that's how 90% of your customers are going to interact with you and look for service. Right. And uh, it, it's true. You know, you, you talked about, um, that's interesting to me that like, you know, the, the research shows that even uh, you said like uh, the baby boomer generation, um, they're, you know, utilizing technology um, pretty much across the board nowadays. Um, and I think that's I think that's pretty apparent. I mean, I don't think you can go anywhere anymore. Um, you can't go to a restaurant. You can't go to, you know, a tire change place and and sit down in a waiting room or, or look across you at the different tables and, and not see most people on their phones. Um, so I think it's pretty unavoidable for um, for at least, you know, maybe not like the the eldest generations, but to be honest, even my grandma, who's in almost in her nineties, she has a phone and, you know, she has an iPhone. She uses Facebook. She uses WhatsApp. She uses all these different uh, things. Um, she might still go to uh, like the equivalent. It's the white pages out here that has the, the, the company listings and she might still go to that. But uh, I know that when my granddad was alive, he would utilize um, the internet like it was, you know, second nature to him. Um, right. So I think you're right. I think it's, I think, um, I think that uh, it's it's it sounds harsh, but I think it's almost self detrimental to not have your company on the internet in some way, shape, or form in the, in this day and age. Right. Well, and the other thing too is that in order to be successful, we have to look at our customer journey. And I'm going to say customer journey about a million times on this podcast, just so everybody knows. That's the most important. <laughs> so we're going to look at the customer journey, and we're going to say. You, know, you have to picture your customer at home. They've realized they need a service. Let's say it's plumbing. Let's say the toilet's clogged. I need help. I can't get it unclogged. They're going to use their phone. They're going to sit down and use their phone. And so what we want to do is make it as easy as possible. We want them to find our website. We want our website to clearly state what it is that we do. And we want our website to address their perceived fears. Then we want our website to allow them to book the call right now. If we do those four things, 
most of the time they're going to book the call without even going to another website. Mm -hmm. they, they may look at your Google reviews. A lot of them do. So like if you had a plumbing company, David's plumbing company, and I had a clogged toilet, I find your website. I may, uh, you know, do look for David's plumbing reviews and pull it up. Tell me your average Google review. And I'll be like, okay, David's got 4.9 stars. He must know what he's doing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to book my appointment with David. And this all goes down at three o'clock in the morning. Interesting. And yeah. you know, it's funny because like, I, I know for, uh, for my generation, a lot of people don't even want to call anybody anymore. They'd much yeah. rather just do everything uh, completely human free, <laughs> you know, and, as much as possible. Cause I, I know for even, you know, I, I don't want to throw her under the bus too much, but my wife hates talking on the phone. She like, she doesn't even want to make a doctor's appointment or call somebody to, um, like anything really. She just like, she doesn't really like it. She doesn't really want to talk to people on the phone all that much. She just, it just gives her like an anxiety. Um, and I know a lot of people, um, our age are like that. Um, they don't and, want to have that kind of conversation over the phone just cause they find it awkward. It's not, it's not something that they do every single day. You know, in the nineties you had, everyone had a, a phone at their desk. So if you needed someone, you couldn't text them. You had to call them over the phone. So it was, right. it was, it became second nature to them. But nowadays everything's text. Everything is completely as void from human to human interaction as possible right. in a lot of ways. Um, so I know for me, when Emily and I eventually hopefully own our own home, or even if we're just renting somewhere and we need something doing, if I'm not home, um, Emily and Emily needs to book it. She's going to go to somewhere where she can do everything online. Um, and if I'm home, I'm generally going to do that too, just because it's normally easier and quicker. Yes. And you mentioned that your, your generation, uh, that's what they prefer. What we've actually found is that most people prefer also ah. to do the same thing. So when you enable them to book the appointment without calling and talking on the phone, because think about, think about the customer journey, what they're used to experiencing when they call anyone, right? So let, let's just go through a quick scenario. You call the number, you get an answer machine. Thank you for, it's not an answer machine, but it's the, the menu butler, right? Oh God! Thank you for calling David's plumbing. If you need service, press one. If you don't need service, press two. If you like us, yeah. press four. If you don't like, so they got to press a number. Somebody answers the phone. Hey, this is David's plumbing. How can I help you? The, the people will describe in detail. Yeah, this is, you know, Chris Smith. My toilet's clogged. I've done this, this, and this. This is what it's mm -hmm. doing. I think I just need someone to come out. Okay, please hold. Then they transfer you to someone else. <laughs> now you got to tell the I'm same getting, story. I'm getting annoyed just listening to this. Right. Now you got to tell the same story all over again, right? And mm -hmm. so you end up telling the, the same story three times, and then finally they tell you, well, we're two weeks out. I can't, I can't help you. You know what I mean? Right. So that's a significant time investment that most humans want to avoid. They want to avoid that whole, um, it took me that long, and I'm no better off than I was when I called you. So if they can go online and they look and they go, wow, he, he's got an appointment on Wednesday. I'll book this call without mm. ever talking to anyone. That's what they prefer to do. And shockingly, they prefer that over. Um, so you, a, a lot of people, you have to realize there's different personalities, right? There's a type A personality, type B personality. Uh, one customer may research you to the hilt. They may mm -hmm. look at your Google reviews, look at where you got your mechanical license, you know, look for any criminal background history for David. 
other customers, they're, they're not clean, going clean. Right. You're clean, by the way. <laughs> other customers aren't even going to go through that. They're going to look and go, wow, the dude can be here Tuesday. I'm good with it. Book the service call. Right. right? They just want the plumbing on. They want the toilet unclogged. And so because of that, that, that the, the customer journey is why choosing the right service software is so important because you, um, there's different, there's a myriad of service softwares out there. So there's, there's literally hundreds and like new ones come on the market almost daily. Mm-hmm. So w- when you're looking at the customer journey, how, I, how do I enable my customers to book calls with the easiest, the easiest effort? There's five things that are the most important things for a service software to do. Uh, book a call online without talking to somebody omni-channel communication so they can text, email, through Facebook, however they want to, Um, then the software must have automatic reminders. What that means is you book a call, you immediately get a text that says, hey, thanks for booking. We'll be there Tuesday at 2 o'clock. Monday evening, you get a text. Hey, just a reminder, we're going to be at your house tomorrow between 9 and 12. The day of, you get a text reminder. Hey, David, just a reminder, we're coming today between 9 and 12. And then after the call, hey, thanks for choosing us. Would you please rate our service? All of this happens automatically without anybody's input. It does a couple things. One is if your customer needs to reschedule, it has a link to the software that they first scheduled online. They can quickly reschedule the call. And then you don't go out to a homeowner where there's no homeowner there, right? So you don't, you don't go out and there's nobody there to meet you because they forgot right. you were coming. So the reminders remind you that, and then it lets you rebook the call. And then you ask for the review generation. Historically, all of that was like four different pieces of software. And it was costing about four to five grand a month to pull that off with all those pieces. Well, now there's, there's new options that all that's all, all in one package. So you get all of those features in one package. The other two things it needs to do is uh, real quick is you've got to allow customers to pay on site with a credit card. So you've mm-hmm. got to be able to process payment when the technician's through at the home. And then the last piece is just the, the dispatch piece. And that's just getting the right technician at the right house at the right time. Mm-hmm. Those five things are the most critical parts of the service software. Mm-hmm. Now there's other, there's some of the bigger software does some amazing things. But you know what we found? The customers don't use them. Right. Well, uh, some software has, it's really cool. It'll track the technician with GPS all the way to your home. So you know where the, the, the van was the whole time. Right. You know what we found out? Very few customers utilize that, that service. They, they don't care. I, I don't, all I well, care is you, you told me. To be, you have to be on your phone right. watching them the whole time for you to, for you to, really take advantage of that because otherwise all you're seeing is oh they're they're x many stops away or whatever and you know they're still probably going to get to your house around the same time anyway so but yeah no i I, the only time i've ever used something like that really before is if um if i go on amazon or whatever and i see that my package is like i said like three stops away sometimes i'll like walk to the end of my drive just to go and get it but it doesn't really change the fact that i knew that they were coming at that time anyway you know right And some customers will use it. It's just a small minority. And the question you have to ask yourself is, as a home service provider, is the juice worth the squeeze? So in other words, if I'm paying $6,000 a month for this service software and it's providing all these great things or 
the salesman told me it was going to provide all these great things and now it's not. <laughs> is it worth the added expense for that software when most of your customers don't utilize those bells and whistles anyway? You right. know what I mean? Yeah, so, for sure. Um, I mean, sorry, go ahead. The other thing some of the software does is they'll have videos of, you know, like this is what a evaporator looks like. This is, we're going to replace the evaporator. This is how that process works. And what we've found traditionally is the customer doesn't really care. All I know is I have, when I want the heat to come on, I go to the thermostat and I press this <laughs> yeah. button, up. I press this yeah. button up. Right. Other than that, I'm paying you to handle it. You, right. I don't care how you change an evaporator, just change the evaporator. Yeah, that, I, I, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I, so because all, all that all that really matters to me, like you said, is is that things work. Um, right. So it's, it's like we said last week about you know about um, uh, making sure you're targeting people with the right level of knowledge. You know, right. most people are going to want your threes and fours, which is, hey, does it turn on when I click it? Not, oh, when I click it, it goes to this thing, which then in turn does this thing, and then. Finally, it goes to this thing, which then comes back and makes it so that when you press that button, it lights up, you know? Right. And there was a survey, a very interesting survey done about 10 years ago. And it's probably longer than that. I'm telling my age. But the survey <laughs> was was uh, to like thousands of homeowners. And they asked them, what brand heating and air conditioning do you currently have in your home? Mm -hmm. And you know what the number one answer was? I don't know. Honeywell. I Honeywell. That is. Honeywell doesn't make heating and air conditioning. Honeywell <laughs> makes, they make thermostats. Oh, okay. So that's all the homeowner saw was I, I, Honeywell. Because this thermostat has Honeywell on it. I have a Honeywell that's heating interesting. and air conditioning. That's as far as they go. They're not, they're not, you know, most of your customers aren't going to pop a panel off or look at the, the equipment or, you know, it's a, it's a two ton variable speed, 18 seer. They don't, they just get glossy out. They don't care. All I know mm -hmm. is that this feels great in here. And when I, I match this button and it feels great in there. You know, you know what, um, what thing that, uh, you mentioning the, the really, the most like the key aspects of having a, a service software that, um, that works for your customers as well as works for you as a business, as a customer. Um, one of the things that, because, you know, this doesn't necessarily just apply to, um, to home service providers. It can apply to, um, many different, um, providers of, of, you know, what things, you know, providers. Um, yeah. so for example, one of the things that always bugs me with the doctors that I go to is they never send me reminders. I'll book an appointment and they're like, okay, you this, you got this, you know, annual checkup scheduled for 12 months from now, you know? And they're like, cool, I hope you remember, you know, right. <laughs> because in 12 months from now, you're either going to uh, be here or you're not, but we're not going to tell you until you've missed it. And then we'll send you maybe like a, you know, a fine in the mail for missing your, missing your appointment. Um, right. Whereas what I want, what I've always wanted from my doctor's office, which actually my brand new one does do this is I made an appointment. I made it, I had to make it over the phone, which was frustrating, but that's just the reality. Maybe, maybe I could give them a call. <laughs> yeah. um, I had to make an appointment over the phone and then from there I booked my appointment and they sent me an email as soon as I finished as soon as I finished hang, hung up the phone I got an email come through and it said hey your appointment is scheduled for this day now I don't know if they're going to send me any more reminders after that any texts follow-ups or anything like that but I hope they do because I one thing I've always loved as a customer is being told you know I, I, I feel like there's probably a point but I haven't reached it yet where if I have somebody coming to my house and they're texting me the day before, they're texting me an hour before, 
I've never been like, oh, I don't need this information. I, this is too much information for me. Right. I've always been like, you know what? Actually, it's nice to know that I that they know when they're coming and that they know that I know that they're coming, you know? Right. <clears throat> right. But um, in, in regards to a specific software, I mean, um, you mentioned that there's a whole bunch out there. Um, this is going to be like a bit of a self plug, but what the heck, this is our podcast, so we can do it. Um, all contract marketing is, um, is using a, a service software that, that, um, that you guys offer to two companies, right? Yes. And that is called service access. Yes. How long have you guys been offering that software? Uh, for about a year we did, we started with a beta test and, and let me give you the whole background. Sure. Fire let away. Me, let me, let me take you on a journey. You ready? All right. All right. So, so what we do is we do consulting, growth consulting, marketing with home service providers across the United States. So whenever there's a problem, uh, me or one of my team members comes in and we look at processes. How does it work from A to B? We look at the customer journey. How do we repair this? How do we get it so that it's easier for your customers to buy from you? Also, it's uh, profitable because profit does amazing things everything gets better with profit, right? So if you have profit, now we can grow, we can hire salesmen, we can hire technicians, we can give the $10,000 sign-on bonuses because there's there's a technician shortage and we can recruit people. Everything gets better with profit. So when we come in, we're looking at how do we increase profit? Well, there's only two ways to increase profit. One is to increase the price of your goods and services. And the second is to reduce your fixed and variable costs as you operate as a business. So if you, if you reduce your cost, you increase your profit. And if you raise your price, you increase your profit. For a lot of our consulting customers, we do both. So what we found when we came in was that they were paying really, really high prices for service software. I'm talking crazy high prices. And I would be like, uh, probably six, five, six grand a month. Some of these companies are paying for service software. And I would be like, why? Why did we choose this software? And they said, well, if it would, if the software would do what the salesman told me it was going to do, it would have been phenomenal. But what we found is uh, they told us it was going to do these incredible things like tell us where all of our leads came from. Uh, we're going to be able to run KPIs that tells us how each employee performs. We're going to, you know, KPI? it's just going to, oh, key performance indicator. I'm sorry. Okay. No, you're fine. So, Yeah. So a key performance indicator, how, the, how our employees perform, how our business, the health of our business is working, and all of that, all that stuff. So they, they get it, they sign up for it, and then the onboarding process is a nightmare, right? Mm -hmm. So what ends up happening is you get all these promises, you sign up for the software, and then the, the, once you start paying the bill, they stop responding to you almost. And so it's really <laughs> hard, hard to get information. So... When you say, hey, this it's not really doing what you told me it was going to do, they would send you an email with a technical bulletin, how to fix the problem that you're having. Which, Frequently asked questions. Right, or something. Which, which reads like how to assemble a nuclear missile. So it's, it's really complicated. <laughs> it's hard stuff. So what we found was the trauma that the dealers went through starting this software was so deep and so real that the fear of moving to a different software was so great that they just chose to continue to pay the high price, mm. even though the software wouldn't do what they said it was going to do. Let me give you some examples. 
Um, so what we found is a lot of times the software, the way it tracks how a lead comes in based on your marketing is through a call tracking number. So we'll have different numbers for different marketing channels. And then like, let's say we've got one phone number for your pay-per-click. And whenever a lead comes in on that phone number and you book the call, and then later that customer buys something, the software would credit pay-per-click for that lead. Okay. The problem is, is if you call and I'm on the phone and then you leave a message and I call you right back, that outbound call, the software doesn't track. It doesn't know now who you are because it only tracks inbound calls. Right. So what we what we found is a lot of the, the revenue data wasn't getting recorded properly. So all of this, the software that promises to do all these big things, when we would go in an audit, it didn't do what they said it was going to do. And the data was inaccurate. So when we got down to the nuts and bolts, we had, the company had chose this software on the assumption that it would take less people to run his company because I could do more with less because the software is going to do a lot of the heavy lifting. What we found is that wasn't the case. Um, the, the data was in, inaccurate. We didn't have actionable data you wanted to implement like a bonus program where your techs get a spiff if they sell a service agreement. You start realizing, hey, this data's not accurate. All of them aren't getting recorded. So we were having to download the data and sort it through Excel anyway, right? So we're paying so six thousand. It's not, not doing job. right. So we're paying six grand a month for the software, and we're still having to do the things manually that the software was supposed to fix. So, so that, then, that doesn't make okay. sense. Yeah, so that doesn't do make you, sense. How do you then get those people to commit to something like service access? How do we get them on board to, to tell them, hey, we're, we are offering you something that is going to fix your problems, that is going to be the right service software for you and your company, even though they have that fear, that inherent fear that, it's not going to do its job because like you said, they've been scarred by bad salesmen, you know, promising them false goods. Right. So that all comes back to, we're, we're still looking at um, all these softwares, right? So mm -hmm. now they won't record the data like they're supposed to. Um, there's, there's problems with, if you have a technical problem, they can't get help. No one will come out and help them. The software would roll out updates. So you would, you would have a process that we've trained four or five people in the office on how to make the software do this overnight. There's an update. They didn't tell anybody. And when we report to work on Thursday, everything's changed. The process oh, has Lord. changed and no one's told us what we have to do now. So we have to spend a couple hours trying to figure out what happened. Turns out the software had an update overnight. Now this is this new brand new supposed to be better way. We have to train all our employees again on how to do it. Um, then the software would have glitches so that um, in the field, sometimes uh, an app update based on what version phone you had would cause a glitch. So the technician wasn't getting his dispatches. He couldn't run pay uh, process a payment on site. And so if you've become totally dependent on this, this really big heavy lifting software and you have a glitch or a downtime, you're, you're out for the day, right? So, mm. You're having to reschedule appointments. You, you can't get the technician dispatched. It just turns into this whole nightmare. So what we did is we said, there's got to be a better way, right? 
And so we looked at what are the problems? Let's look at every problem that every service software has and how do we fix it? It turns out the way you fix it is you make it simpler. There's just some things, there's just some things that we don't need the software to do. Right. So those big five, if I can allow the customer to book for service online, omni-channel communication, um, appointment reminders, let the people pay online with a credit card and keep the technicians where they're supposed to go at the right time. That's all we need the software to do. Mm -hmm. So when you streamline it and you make it simple, it becomes much more reliable. It becomes much more user friendly. It becomes much more, um, it's much easier to implement. It's much cheaper, almost a 10th of the cost of the big software. So that's a big, for example, it's a huge savings and the software still does. That's the whole reason we built the platform on top of the software that we're using. The whole reason we implemented it is because it does most of the heavy lifting. It does all the company needs it to do. It does it as a much lower price point, you know, usually less than $500 a month for the whole company, not per user, less than 500 a month for the whole company. And it solves all those problems. So really what we have to do is when we go in and we talk to a company, the best way that I've found is you let them vent for a little while. Cause what they're going to do when you sit down and I'm sure there's people out there that are, that love the software and they're happy with it. Right. But a lot of the times when we're engaged, when we come in, I have yet to see a high price service software return the investment for the cost it's costing the right. home service provider. They're to not use getting it. the value that they're, they're putting not, into it. They're not getting what they paid for. Now, if the, if the big dog softwares and big dog softwares, if you're listening to this, this is what you need to do to fix it. If they would come in, if they would sell a home service provider the software and say, you know what, you're not going to pay until we get it right. And we're not going to leave your side. Once we implement this, you'll have a live person in your office until all the bugs are worked out. Mm-hmm. That would solve the problem. Cause the, mm-hmm. the problem is you get about a 30% implementation from the software company and then they leave the rest up to you. And every time we would reach out, they would be like, Oh, Oh, you, you bought a car and you were wanting to drive it. You need the motor. <laughs> you're going to need the motor package. That's an upgrade. So you're going right. to have to pay an additional $500 for the, a month for the motor package. And then when we implemented the motor package, it still wouldn't do what they were told it was going to do. So the, the best way is to let the customer, let the dealer talk about it, get all the emotions out. And I, I've, I've literally sat in a meeting with people crying with office managers crying about the process they've gone through with the big software companies. I'll bet they're spending six grand a month and they're not getting what they want. I'd cry too. Yeah. And then just all the (laughs) nightmare of the onboarding. It's almost like the, the sales strategy is let's just wreck their life so bad that they're, they're so afraid they'll never leave our software. And the that's what they're doing and it's working. Be, <laughs> the sales strategy should be that you go there to help people for what they need, not what you want them to have. Right. Well, that's the whole thing. If, if the big software did what they said it would do and it was solving the problem, 
we would have never looked for a, a solution, right? We'd have never come up with service access because there would have been no need. There'd have been no, mm-hmm. you know, I, I didn't wake up one morning and say, you know, for the next 18 months, I want to commit to 20 to 30 hours a week of research and service software and getting in the weeds with developers and coming up with long-term plans and, and trying to solve this problem if there was already a solution. Mm-hmm. The problem is there's not a solution. There's overpriced software that doesn't do what the salesman told you it was going to do. Right. And so that because of that need, that's the whole reason we, we launched Service Access. So let me ask you this thing, Chris. Service Access, we believe, does everything that you as a company need from a service provider, right? If it hits those five things that you mentioned earlier on in this episode. If that is the case, and if somebody's listening to this and they're thinking, you know what, that sounds good. That's I would like to pay a tenth of what I'm paying every single month for something that does what I need it to do effectively, efficiently, and for a cheaper cost. How would they go about setting something up like that, setting something up like that? Uh, well, you can just reach out. You can go to either allcontractormarketing.com or you can go to serviceaccess.com. I think the service access website is mostly complete. We've got the developers working on it right now. And if it's not all contractor marketing, we'll let you know about that. You can yeah. contact contact you guys. Um, any, and uh, what I'll do is I'll put a link in the description to the all contractor marketing website. It is on our YouTube page as well, but I'll put it in there. If you're an audio listener, you can certainly look into that. Um, and uh, yeah, just have a chat with us. Um, and you can speak to me as well. Um, you can speak to Michelle, who's awesome. Maybe even get in touch with you as well, Chris. Who knows? It'll be someone on the yeah. on the end of the line who's friendly and will help you out with everything that you need. Um, uh, hey, I I think that this has been a really great episode. It's certainly been one that we can um, that I think people can take a lot from. Whether they are somebody who uh, is like we talked about at the beginning, is unaware of how important an online presence is for their business, particularly when it comes to scheduling. Or if they're somebody who, like you said, is one of these bigger companies that is paying $6,000 a month for something that they don't actually need. You know, I think somebody on all ends of that spectrum can take something from this and hopefully um, might uh, give us a call or uh, or if it's not with us, hopefully they go to somebody else who will help them and, and get something that they need that will be efficient and effective for them. Yeah. And that's what I really want. I, d- I didn't want the podcast to be like a big commercial for service. access. No, I no, really no, wanted to not. give, I really wanted to give them the actionable information that they can use to. And if, if, if you're looking for a service software, if it hits those big five and it's some other company, that's fine. I, I would, I would rather see them make a change to a different software than to continue to pay all that money, even if it's not with us, you know, I, Absolutely. I, uh, that, that's a lot of money. So if you think of, uh, if you go from 6,000 to $500 a month for your service software, that's a big difference in pay. You, you could add another CSR agent. You could add another yeah. technician. You know what I mean? So yeah, and you know, you like you add- said, it's 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 a, it's another person that you can add, and it's another job that we create in our economy. It's it's something else that somebody else can benefit from. You know, a rising right. tide raises all ships, as they say. Yeah, and I just would not don't put up with paying continually to pay all of that money for a software that does not do what they told you it was going to do. If, mm. if, if any software is not meeting your expectations or it's not meeting what the salesperson told you it was going to do, it's time to get out. 
Life's too short. The business cycle's too short. The competition's too strong. Um, you can't waste time uh, with a service software that costs you way too much money, doesn't really do what they said it was going to do, and it just eats up a lot of your time. Because what we, what we see is companies actually change their internal processes to try to match the software. So like the first thing, yeah, the first thing the, the salesman will be like, oh, well, you got to start doing it this way if you want it to work. You got to do it. This. So they, they end up changing their whole company to revolve around a software that doesn't do what they were told it was going to do. And now the customer journey suffers because we're having to take additional steps inside to make it work. Um, maybe the automations or the communication aren't working. It's not implementing correctly with QuickBooks desktop. They said it would implement with QuickBooks, but they were talking about QuickBooks online. It doesn't really work with QuickBooks desktop. There's, mm. there's a thousand different variations. Don't continue to pay for that. Let's get out of that software. Let's get you on software that's affordable. That'll do most of the heavy lifting. Cause really at the end of the day, all your customer cares about is that it's easy to book a call. You mm -hmm. show up when you say you're going to show up. You do what you said you were going to do. Clean up after yourself before you leave. And then don't. <laughs> yeah, sweat booties. Don't, yeah. Don't, <laughs> and don't financially um, break me down. You know what I mean? It's okay right. to charge a fair price for a fair service. But, you know, don't charge me $100,000 to change out my heating and air conditioning. But right. if, you, if you do those things... They're not, the customer's never going to say, wow, I really enjoyed that software. That was great. You know what I mean? They're, they're not, not even on their, their radar. You'd actually come out with a better customer journey with a cheaper software just by allowing them to book their call online, getting the service reminders and getting the review reminder at the end of the call. They'd be like, wow, this company's on it. Yeah. And they don't 100%. even realize that, right. Well, I think that's a really great place to leave it. I think, you know, like you, you hit the nail on the head. It's not about coming with us or going with anyone else in particular. It's about finding what's right for you guys and not getting stuck in a rut with right. what you're currently using because it's not beneficial. Like you said, life's too short. Business is way too confusing and, um, and uh, <laughs> like overblown as it is. So uh, if you can help yourself in any way, shape or form, I can only imagine that to be a good thing. Yes, um, if hey, your software is stressing you out, Get rid of that stress. Yes, exactly. As with <laughs> right. everything in life, right. get rid of that stress if you can. Exactly. Um, but, but hey, uh, it's, I've, I've really enjoyed this, Chris. Um, this is our second episode. So if you've made it this far, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a blast. Um, if you if you enjoyed this and you're watching on YouTube, uh, please feel free to leave a comment. Let us know um, how you enjoyed it, whether you're experiencing any of the same issues, whether you're looking for help um, finding a different service software. I'm sure that there'll be people in that comments or myself or Chris, whoever it is, um, that we can help you out with that. Um, so yeah, subscribe to us on YouTube, leave a comment, leave a like if you liked it. If you disliked it, leave a dislike too, because that always helps as well to let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Um, if you're on audio feeds, please leave us a, a review or a rating if that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, um, Amazon Music now, which is um, got we've got podcast in integration with that, which is brand new. Um, just l leave us a review. Let us know what we're doing, what you think we can improve on. If you have any questions, write into us about that. I have my email address in all the descriptions, which you can uh, write in about as well. Um, we're enjoying this. Uh, it's going to be a journey. We've got many, many more exciting topics to come. Hopefully, line up some interviews in the future as well. Um, but Chris, any last final comments before we leave today? 
No, just questions too. Ask ask questions. If you have if you say, "Hey, I, I want to know this," we'll be glad to cover it. Um, and it, and if you ask a question and we're not the experts, we'll line up a guest to come on to, to address your question. Because yes. the whole purpose of the podcast is to the the goal is to help you realize where you are in your market and for you to implement uh, low hanging fruit and easy steps to gain market share. So whatever we can do to help you do that, that's our goal. All right. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us again. This has been the Power by Podcast with me, David Hall, and Chris Smith. You guys all have a wonderful rest of your day, a wonderful rest of your week, and uh, stay safe. Take care.